Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast, presented, of course, by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and joining me again is Terrell Skelly. If you listened to the podcast previously, Terrell joined me to break down the Echo Fox situation, something we're going to be covering at the end of this podcast. But the topic today we're, we are talking about is loot boxes. A U.S. senator has introduced a new bill that would declare loot boxes as gambling and make them illegal. So we're going to be talking about the various types of loot boxes in different esports, some bills that have already passed in Europe, and just breaking down this whole loot boxing situation and what we think. How are you doing today, Terrell? Hey, how you been, man? Uh, been pretty good. Nice out here. So That's nice. It's that. rainy here. You're in Michigan? Yeah, yeah. So we're enjoying the like three weeks of sunshine we get now. And then... It- It'll be crap rain and stuff like that, so enjoy it while you can. Ah, May, the one good month of the year for so many states. I know, right? It's northeast. (laughs) All right, so let's start with the newest development. We're both in America, so while there have been laws passed in other countries, on May 8th, Jason Schreer of Kotaku wrote that a, US, a bill has been placed in the U.S. Senate by a Republican senator from Missouri. And that bill is would ban loot boxes, which are sometimes cosmetic, sometimes not cosmetic groups of items that you can buy, usually with in-game currency that is tied to real currency. And then some games have whole marketplaces that have developed from these items. So he is... The bill would ban those in a broad stroke games played by minors, which Terrell and I think agree that isn't that every single game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's M-rated or not. Um, Adults aren't always fully versed in video games, so a little kid, like, if he wants something, he'll figure out a way to get it. Exactly, and yeah, we don't have senators who know that much about video games. A ton of parents don't know that much, but you know, if you're 16 years old, it's only in a rare case where your your parent isn't gonna let you play some some video games. So that having games played by minors added into that is kind of a misnomer. It's a little too broad because that really can be every single game, even if it's. Only a small subsection of the player base that is a minor. There's every single game out there that has players probably has a minor playing it. Exactly. I agree on that. Um, and like you said, it depends on like what game. So you can get a rated E game like Mario or something, but they could throw in loot boxes. And of course the kids want to beg mom and dad for their credit card to get loot boxes to make Mario look cool or make Yoshi look cool. But on the other hand, you can have an M-rated game like, you know, The Division or Mortal Kombat, and there'll still be loot boxes in there, and the kid, you know, under the age of 18, hey, mom and dad, can you buy this for me? You know, it's a birthday present or whatever, but you, how can you control it? You can't control it, really, at first, first and foremost, so. Yeah, there's, it, there's very few ways to do that. So the bill is called the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act which I think is just hilarious name for an actual bill. Um, and the 
game they mentioned is actually not an eSport. In other bills that have been passed in Belgium and Netherlands, they mentioned EA games and FIFA. But the one that Holly brought up, the, the senator brought up, was Candy Crush, actually. Because there is a $150 luscious bundle in Candy Crush. And I have never played one second of Candy Crush, so I can't tell you what that even begins to include. But apparently that's the game that is the most egregious and had them write this bill. Not EA's manipulative practice, not esports stuff. But if this legislation passes, even if it's designed at Candy Crush, it's going to have far-reaching implications for all esports. Because almost every game that has a multiplayer component has loot boxes and even single player ones do i guess because isn't candy crush single player i don't i don't know oh <laughs> um, i so when i read the bill i had to text my sister because she loves mobile games and stuff because you know i i got her into like minor gaming when she was younger and she still plays mobile games i'm like mm-hmm. it's candy crush by itself she goes yes i said would you put money into it she goes no i'm like all right she goes it's single player and it's a puzzle game, so there's that. Yeah, but what are you spending $150 was, on? Well, that's see, that's a very good point. Like, unless you really want to cheat to get ahead. Like, I have no idea what it does. Like, I tried looking it up. I can't find it. However, I did find the I was scammed by the Luscious Bundle, but I don't exactly know what, you know, a gold bar is or what it does. So excuse my ignorance, like, <laughs> To the Candy Crush fans, but I don't see any use for it. Like, I just see you grinding your way, like, you know, on break at work or waiting at the subway or waiting in the airport. Yeah, and if it's single player, why are you skipping levels when the whole point is to... I I, I don't understand it, but, I mean, Candy Crush is a more popular game than any esport in the world, so I guess we should probably figure out a bit more about it. Um. I agree on that. Like, I agree on that, and maybe I'll play some tonight and then i'll get back to you on how it is or whatever but um in general like you said it's single player so you don't need to jump levels just grind it out and if you can't get the level done then you know put it down do some work do whatever and then pick it back up later before you go to bed or something i just don't see any use for it but it's weird that they use a mobile game like that is it, do you think one of the reasons is because kids can get access to cell phones easily nowadays? Yeah, I guess that's it. And everybody has a cell phone when, you know, but getting a PC or a gaming console is a bigger barrier to entry. And it's more confusing than just downloading a game and trying to play it. And mobile games are all very simple, too. I thought the Candy Crush main demographic was older women, not, not minors, but... I mean, I'm very... It's a, it's a big blind spot in my video game esports knowledge, mobile games. Up. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect... Well, to be honest, you know, I thought Candy Crush should be like a normal mobile game where it's here and a flash in the pan and it disappears and, you know, never to be seen or heard from again. And you think they would use a... Even though Candy Crush is the most popular game, you're right, you know, I thought the demographic was older women. Um, yeah. You think they'd go after something like Pokemon Go if they wanted to go mobile because you yeah. can buy loot boxes and stuff from there and kids are outside playing the game and it was that mad craze a few years ago where they're like, I want this game. Yeah, so you or, think they'd put that up and hold that up on a pedestal, but they didn't. 
Yeah, definitely. And Pokemon Go is definitely has some pay-to-win aspects of loot boxes, and that's going to be something we're going to talk about. But as we continue focusing on the legal side, there are two countries in the in the European Union, Belgium and Netherlands, who have passed laws declaring loot boxes gambling, saying you cannot do them anymore. And they were citing primarily, I think both those laws came out last summer, and that was the summer, if you remember, of Battlefront 2 and the absolute just EA reckoning that came for them as they placed all these loot boxes with progress in them into their Star Wars Battlefront title and just got obliterated online. <clears throat> and so that's where I thought the the loot boxes and then the other game they mentioned being in the EU, the most popular game over there is FIFA. And FIFA has these loot boxes that allow you to collect cards for uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. And that was the games they recognized. So what was your take on that Battlefront 2 situation? Just thinking back to that, I still laugh as EA just the worst press run I've ever seen in in gaming. Like, I remember, like, Battlefront 2. I was excited for it because, you know, the first one wasn't too bad. And then what they shelled out was just literally an incomplete game. Like, they gave the game out for 60 bucks. And then they used the microtransactions and the loot boxes to be like, hey, do you want to finish this game? Well, here, give us some more money. And you can take a gamble on whether you actually, you know, get a new character or you get something useless like a cosmetic. <laughs> that that was the one, like, I did agree where loot boxes are just like, oh, like, guys, what are you doing? And then they're like, hold on, hold on. We don't mean it in this way. This is more of like a bait and switch tactic that we're using so now you're, you're making more people mad and honestly i think whoever you know was part of pr for ea they i think they're job hunting right now like there's no way they could have survived that they're i feel so bad for them because what are they supposed I, to they, do they didn't release a horribly broken game that preyed on developers but they did try to do a reddit ask me anything and that was oh. not a good decision <laughs> No, that was literally, I think the PR, you know, it was probably honestly some intern. And they're like, hey, you're going to go on this Reddit post and you're going to do Ask Me Anything. And we're just going to leave you high and dry. And uh, you may not have a job afterwards because of how well you do. Like, they literally left him high and dry and they're like, all right, we're going to go golfing. Good luck. (laughs) The most downvoted comments in Reddit's history, a lot of them are from that AMA. Just so bad. Like, like thousands and thousands of downvotes and memes that were created. Uh, oh, I can't remember. What was the... It was like a fun, fulfilling experience or something like that. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that. it was It was a zoo. Like, it, yeah. Reddit is bad, but then when you get people off of Reddit just to jump on Reddit to set set this poor guy on fire pretty much, it's, it's just like, it was a nightmare for the guy. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I feel bad for I would have just left. I would have just been like, I quit. I'm yeah. done. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You guys you guys don't pay me enough for this. No. <laughs> I don't think nobody gets paid enough. No. But, um, but with EA, I think it might be different with EA because how much hatred there is towards EA. Sure. Yeah, if it was a different company like, say, Ubisoft or somebody else who has goodwill from the community 
and they did that, they'd be like, guys, come on, change this. Not, but when it's EA and you are the the Death Star, the the, the evil empire in gaming, and then you do something like this, and you take the Star Wars theme and you you ruin it and just get greedy when you're the largest company who develops games it's just you're gonna get destroyed yeah like i agree like nintendo they they was skirted by saying it would have skirted by but not not ea yeah so it would have been bad uh, but it wouldn't have been epic proportion bad oh no but uh, so what's interesting and the distinction that has to be made between loot boxes is you touched on it a little bit earlier uh, a ton of games have loot boxes. Overwatch is a great example. Rocket League. Loot boxes that only offer something cosmetic. There is zero performance aspect of what you get out of them. They change your car's appearance. They change your character's appearance. But the characters, the cars, are all available. Rocket League has some things that you have to buy. But the most important car is free. In fact, all of the most important cars are free. Um, Overwatch, all the characters are free when you when you get it. I'm yeah, they're all free. Uh, so that's you know that's the difference. A CS:GO, you know, you can have all the different weapons, you can get different skins for them, different knives, but it doesn't change the actual performance of the game. Which to me, I think that's totally reasonable. I've played 800 hours of Rocket League and never opened a crate because. The cosmetic side of it doesn't interest me. So I don't really see that as being a problem. I've never felt the urge to go open things just because there's no there's no need for me to do it. I can still play and enjoy the game. So I don't see that as gambling. I, th- I think it's really, you know what you're getting. You're like, oh, I'm going to spin the wheel and try and get a unique skin. But you don't feel like you have to do that to keep up with the rest of the players. And that's a key distinction. I agree on that completely. Like, with, like, the analogy going around Twitter and stuff like that is it's baseball cards. Like, mm-hmm. it's baseball cards, it's trading cards, and stuff like that. Like, you open them up and, oh, well, I got this and I got that. Yeah, is it technically a gamble? Yes, but is it a gamble to actually make you pay to win? Technically, no. Well, actually, it's not technical, it's actual no. Yeah. Like, in like Magic the Gathering kind of, but that's that's a whole different beast. Oh yeah, like there's I mean there's a difference like, you know, with trading cards themselves and like loot boxes crates like what we're talking about. Yeah. So like with Overwatch, yeah, I'm gonna go and you know, whether like my girlfriend got me stuff for like for my birthday or whatever or other games that I play that have the chest in some games as they're called or loot boxes mechanics. Like, I know what I'm getting myself into. Could I buy it on, you know, certain direct purchases? Sure. But it's my choice to buy that chest and me knowing full well. This isn't going to make me any better at the game. It's just going to make me look pretty as I lose in the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, when I play Rocket League, there's a couple of skins that I wanted. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm buying those skins. Yeah, and so that's the other thing that develops right. is a marketplace. You can't, like, CSGO is really well known for having this extensive marketplace where you can buy and sell skins and knives, and it's, you know, it's had a lot of different issues with it, but that's only possible with a random 
loot boxes because that's the only way to introduce scarcity to it. Otherwise, take Fortnite, for example, you could just buy a skin. And so there's no secondary marketplace because, I mean, I guess you could sell accounts that have a bunch of skins, but that's against Epic's terms of service. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. yeah, it's it's just an interesting setup. And I, the baseball card analogy I want to circle back to because, you know, kids have been playing with baseball cards since, the like, the 20s and the 30s. Like, was that always gambling? Is that really gambling? Or is it just... I'm going to buy baseball cards and open up a pack and it's cool to see what I get. Like, I just don't see how it's, how it's very much different, but apparently now loot boxes are the scourge of the, the scourge of the earth. I think so. You know, I agree. Like with me, I agree with it. Like baseball cards are, you know, they're collector's things. Like I told you on Twitter and I told you and uh, Dustin Snyder Steiner, um, I have a, rookie LeBron James card and a rookie Michael Jordan card. Yes, I'm that lucky. The thing is, is sometimes you could trade it in for value, while with loot boxes, you can't. Yeah, that that is a great point, except on the marketplaces. Depending exactly. on which game That's- it is. Like, Overwatch doesn't have a marketplace, as far as I know. But right. Rocket League does, or it did. I don't know if the Epic Games acquisition changed that. And then CSGO does. So some games they do and some games they don't. But you're right. You open up baseball cards and you can sell them. But isn't that still gambling? Because some packs you open them up and they're worth $0.10 cents and you paid $2 for them. And some packs you open them up and you get the rare rookie card and it's you paid $2 uh-huh. and you got a $40 card. So like, isn't exactly. that just the textbook definition of gambling? Yeah, to me it is. But so that's the thing with the loot boxes is what's the difference? Like... If you're going to ban them out, you got to ban out the baseball cards, basketball cards, hockey cards, etc. Yeah. All but trading cards. Pokemon, don't. Magic the Gathering, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! All yeah, those things like are you, designed for kids. The trading card genre is generally designed for kids. Obviously, Magic it, skews a bit older, but Pokemon but cards? Still, hey, teenagers, yeah. Teenage, like, exactly. yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! cards? Come on. That's, that's designed for children, but nobody's up in arms over that. Generally, I that's, think because they don't understand it you you've got senators coming in who are like well that seems that seems dangerous but they don't even look for the physical comparison that's just been around for a hundred years so it's just it's weird that loot boxes are coming under such intense scrutiny when gambling and gambling designed for children is not exactly something that doesn't exist out there already (laughs) right and my one of my friends I talked to, we are talking about this. He said it perfectly, and I literally told him to write it down for me. He goes, quote, I think that these old dudes who've never touched a video game in their lives shouldn't be making rules like this without some perspective. I would totally agree. I mean, we saw um, when Google, when Zuckerberg has gone in front of Senate committees and when Google CEO went in front of Senate committees, you, are, you have to confront just how tech illiterate the gen the average u.s senator is and it's scary because tech companies are the most powerful companies in america and our senators have no idea what they do or how they work nope and they will bait and switch senator in a heartbeat like oh well this is fine sir see look what it does it makes things better yeah this is the benefit we provide and they're like oh okay 
But one of the things, too, is we know sometimes, you know, people just straight up don't like video games. Like, the stigma is still, it's dissipating, but it's still there. Like, you know, magically, yeah. me and you, even though we're, we love sports and we go outside or whatever, we're in our mama's basement, chewing on Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew while playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> and that stigma is still in the old generation's mind. And it's like, it's not like that anymore, man. We've evolved. We've changed. We made it for the better. We made it so everyone can enjoy. So I think with senators not actually knowing that, and then they look and they're like, Candy Crush, $150? Like, they get scared. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Even though I'm sure that bundle tells you exactly what you need in the game, and it's not anything that different. Like, if that's your hobby... And then also you play golf and you want to go spend $600 on a new set of irons. I mean, how different is it really? You're buying a tool to help you improve at the game. It's, I don't see, like every sport costs money to play. You have yeah, to buy equipment to play it. Right. You can get like, better equipment, nicer equipment that makes you play better. Supposedly. Yeah, so theoretically. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you this. You play a lot of Fortnite, correct? I play off and on. I play off and on. Well, I got I was, a little burnt out of it. You, but You cover it a lot, though. I do. I write a ton about it, which I think is why I play it less now, because I spend so much time thinking about it. That okay, I, so, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't like the Battle Royale shopping. So, Fortnite is there for me. I'm, I know. understand it's the most popular esport, or one of them going right now. So, they have what they call the Battle Pass, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that different? So, the Battle Pass tells you exactly what you're buying. Is It's ranks 1 to 100, and at the start of each season, you can buy a Battle Pass that costs $10 in their in-game currency. And you can see every single thing that comes in that Battle Pass from 1 to 100 before you buy it. So you know exactly what you're buying. It's just making a purchase, and then you play through challenges as the season progresses to unlock the different tiers of the Battle Pass, which come with new rewards. Okay. So there's really not a... The only difference is you see what's going on instead of... But you're still pouring money into it. Yeah. It's not random. It make- you just... Yeah, you just pay for it, and you... It, it's like making a purchase. You see what it is. It's a challenge ladder... That you have to grind your way up to get the rewards. And you, you make a purchase. I, I see absolutely nothing wrong with it. Because it is still all cosmetic. Not a single thing in there gives you a competitive advantage. Which is, again, the key difference in loot boxes. And it's it's just making a purchase. You get to choose, hey, do I want to spend $10 on this challenge ladder? Which unlocks all these things. Or not. Simple. Right, so, like, with the games that I'm, I'm playing, so, like I said, I play high-res games, so, like, Smite, Paladin, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they introduced the Battle Pass, and they show the list, hey, this is what you can get. It's $9 for 30 items, you know, and then you get, like, a super rare skin that would cost more if you bought it straight up. Okay. Um, how come people aren't complaining about fighting games? Because you literally have to spend money to be better at the game because you have to buy new characters. Yeah, explain. I'm not a huge fighting game man, just like you're not huge at Battle Royale. So explain how fighting games work in general. Okay, so this ties into just generic gaming and 
downloadable content in general. So we'll go with Street Fighter V. Street Fighter V has a thing called the Season Pass, which they announce a new character. So like, like one season, you know, it was Evil Ryu or Blanca or whatever. And if you buy the season pass, you get all those characters for like maybe a discounted price. You can also buy them straight up to, you know, have that certain character. Just if you only want like Ryu or Blanca, you can buy it. But my point is some of the characters in the game in the DLC are better than some of the base characters mm. that you get. So how come people aren't really annoyed and up in arms about that compared to, say, like, the randomized gambling, where those games actually, like we said before, they make you better. That's really interesting. Yeah, because if you introduce new characters that are overpowered, you're basically forcing people to continue paying money for the game because the meta's going to change. They're going to have a character that's better than yours. You have to pay it. I, I don't know why people aren't as up in arms. And I mean, I love like the fighting game community. Like, for example, Dragon Ball Fighter. They had the World Tour. They introduced a new character. That new character is literally top meta, top tier, top meta. And everybody plays from like Goichi to Sonic Fox. But he was a DLC character, so you literally had mm-hmm. to buy him to be better at the game. But people weren't like pissed off and like I'm going up in arms. But when EA does the little hey, we're going to give you this cosmetic, you know, it's four ninety nine. It's randomized. Good luck. And they flip people. They flip them off and they get their pitchforks out. I just don't understand the difference. Maybe it might be a crowd mentality. It might be the popularity of the game. But it's still just didn't always. It's always been in the back of my head. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's definitely when. When you have to purchase one, it's it's frustrating. I think the what was really huge about the EA and the Battlefront one was you not only have to purchase one, you have to purchase this loot box over and over and over again until you get what you want. Yeah, the percentage was so small. And yeah, it was horribly small. It was horribly slighted against you. They capped how many in how much in-game credit you could earn on single player modes. To force right. you to, like, actually have to spend money, you couldn't just grind out the game. You could, like, only get 100 in-game credits or whatever through the single-player computer mode. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they did everything they could to force people to spend more money on it. Yeah, and I mean, I agree, like, Battlefront 2 is definitely an extreme case. Like, I don't think we'll ever see something that to be honest, moronic ever in our gaming lives and careers again. It literally like, had countries enact legislation against it. So, yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just literally, um, we ain't doing this again. And if they do, governments are going to step in. Which I think was the whole... They say it was Candy Crush, but I think EA was the catalyst of it all. I think so, too. And this Candy Crush one, I mean, again, we're talking about tech illiterate people here, so... This senator might just had a wife or a daughter or a son who was playing Candy Crush was like, $150? No, I'm not going to pay for that. What? Is, wait, what? They're charging you $150? This is my Missouri senator accent, by the way. Uh, wait, aren't you from Missouri? You from I, my dad is. i got a lot of extended family out there. I was born in Oregon. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I've got a little Missouri in my blood. All right, all right. 
that's fine. I was just confused at first. I'm like, uh, but. No, I'm a St. Louis yeah. sports fan, but I have spent my whole life in Oregon. Right. And, I mean, so, I just don't understand. I never will. Like, so I'm reading some more of the bill as we were talking, and the bill that first started off back in 2007, they didn't really even get a name for it because it died so quickly. I mean, it died in Hawaii, Massachusetts, California, like big name states where most of the time, they, you know, they let that stuff go through to, quote, protect the customer. Yeah. But it just died out. Like, mm. So I think, like I said before, you know, maybe they should talk to people, talk to the industry, talk to, you know, economists, stuff like that to actually understand before they, they pass a bill because, like we are saying off air, this has a good chance of passing. It does because everyone's tech illiterate. So there's an easy way of framing this that is easy to pass. And also, you know, they want politicians in general want to pass things. They want to look like they're doing things and enacting change. So oh, yeah. if there's ever an, oh, an issue that can be agreed upon by both parties, there it's in just the general best interest to try and pass something. <laughs> and I think this would be a dumb thing to pass. Um It'll come down to the game companies lobbying, really. Welcome to American politics. But <laughs> EA and Blizzard are going to start sending lobbyists if this starts gaining traction, and they're going to start buying votes off. <laughs> exactly. Because um, I remember reading one thing. Like I always go back to the high-res because you know, I'm well-versed in there. But they said straight up, direct purchases aren't worth it compared to crates because you'll have a kid spend all that money on the crates instead of buying the skin straight up. Mm -hmm. So that could be one of the things they'll say, well, it's more expensive to just sell it out direct. And like gamblers will be like, hold that up. And then, you know, politicians i don't know it's going to be a zoo and i think it's coming quick it is it is i mean there's a couple like half measures my main problem with this bill is how sweeping it is and just all it's not making any exceptions for just cosmetic items it's apparently targeting everything from candy crush to any game played by a minor so that's every single game that has loot boxes and that's literally every single game like what happens to a game like hearthstone do you call Hearthstone card packs loot boxes? Because it's literally a digital trading card game. That's what it is, exactly what it is. Like all the ones like Pokemon Online, Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering Arena. They're, they're all literally, okay, I'm going to buy these crystals or gems. I'm going to buy these packs. And then, oh, wait, I can't, like, and I'm going to open the packages and see if I get good cards or not. Yeah. And you can craft and I, cards in Hearthstone too, and like create them. You don't only have to get them out of packs, but it's it's just it's just too broad. And that's the thing, like with, with those games, like some a lot of the games you can like grind for in-game currency to use. Like Overwatch does that, Magic Arena does that, Smite does that. Like yeah, you can literally grind for it. Which and then what do you do? Oh well, technically you're still gambling, kid. So all that grinding, well, 
sucks to be you. Like you earned you earned that hard work for some old fifty five year old man to be like, eh, no kid, do it somewhere else. Do it yeah. where it really matters. You were actually gambling that whole time playing that game you enjoyed, and uh, we don't we're, we don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you earned that kid. We're gonna take it away from you. It's it's just like I mean if that hits those games they die. You can't play Hearthstone without having card packs. No, like, like you literally have to figure out a way to get it into like some weird trading base, and then that'll cost the company money because they gotta hire developers. And I'm yeah. always up for people getting more jobs, but I mean, I how- guess you could just actually. If you just had to buy every single card that came out of a new expansion, you could just wait a week, figure out what, you know, 30 cards are really important, and probably save yourself a shit ton of money. I don't spend money on that game anymore, but I know there are a lot of people who spend 50 bucks every expansion to get the massive pre-release bundle. Oh yeah, everyone, like, a lot of the hardcore people are like, oh man, I need this, so they drop the... They drop it, and I don't know with her stuff, but with Magic, like when I found out a new expansion coming out, I just grind and then save all my in-game currency, and then they're like, "All right, it's live." I just drop all that money on the new expansion. That's what I do in Hearthstone as well. So just grind it and then drop it. Yeah, it's the. I guess the the main issue is that it's not just some games that have loot boxes. It's almost every single game out right now has some sort of cosmetic of like part of it if it has an online component and again like apparently even some single player games like candy crush if it has some sort of component of interacting with other people or even like just a competitive nature like the only games i can't i guess even red dead you could pay money for red dead online i was gonna say like those one player games don't but almost every single game has some sort of loot box or cosmetic thing Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah. there's, there's no way of getting out of it. And people, you know, have, like I said, been complaining for years and years. And I, like I said, I admit it. I was on that boat too. But then the more you think about it, it's, well, I mean, it's my money. Like, as an adult, I put my money into something smart, like my bills, or I put my money into something dumb, like loot <laughs> boxes. It usually goes towards other games, but that's neither here nor there. So. It's I just true. Don't and also, it, it's kind of kind of coming in a weird time in American politics when the Supreme Court just legalized sports betting, and now yes. we're also going to say that loot boxes are a bigger like we're we've just moved to a pro gambling sphere. And well, okay, so the Supreme Court let states, individual states, legalize sports gambling. I should say that they didn't make it federally legal, but they made it a state's issue. And now, you know, 10 states or so have legalized sports gambling. And we're also, at the same time, going to come after loot boxes? I don't think so. I, I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> that's, like, that's a great... Like, I didn't even think of it. I totally... Because I don't gamble, technically. Like, I don't do the traditional gambling. Like, going to an OTB and putting $50 down on, like, maximum security. <laughs> I just... I, you know... I just watch to watch, and then if I want to put a little bit of cash into something, I do it at my own free will. Like, yeah, I'm an amateur poker player, but I don't really enjoy casinos. I don't, I don't gamble that much. Um, I go to some card rooms, play poker, but that's about it for me. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've gambling's never really, really, really caught me, but I know it is a bigger problem for a lot of 
people. But I, I don't know. I just think it's a part of life. I was opening up baseball card packs when I was five and six years old. I didn't become a degenerate gambler, even though I have still binders full of baseball cards in my room. But Yeah, and I mean, I've been doing it with basketball cards, like, and a couple of baseball cards, which I have no idea what they were. But, <laughs> um, I should have I collected just, more basketball and football cards, because I don't really even like baseball that much. It's just what you collected was baseball cards. And, it's baseball cards. Yeah, yeah, like, my buddy's a baseball fan, massive baseball fan, collected baseball cards. Like, it's just the way it is. But... It's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, man. He's going to get me in the coffin fit here. Um, so, one last question to you about the loot boxes. Yeah. Do you think that the Senate and, and you know, the general populace are getting DLC mixed up with loot boxes now? They're just starting to blend into one. I do think there's a little bit of a nuance missing in what each one is and what a loot box is. Because honestly, that $150 container from Candy Crush doesn't have a random aspect from what I can tell. Which, to me, I wouldn't call it a loot box. I'd call it DLC. Exactly. So, and... yeah, I... I, I, I think it's, again, another case of out-of-touch senators who don't quite understand what the entire ecosystem around the legislation they're writing for this. Exactly. And with the general populace, all you have to say is just microtransactions and the pitchforks will come out, the scarecrows will come out, the fires come out. Like, they get mad. <laughs> Seriously, and yeah. When, and when you think about it, these game prices haven't gone up. Everything else in the world has gone up, pretty much, but video games. That's true. In fact, a lot of them have become cheaper. You got games like Fortnite becoming the most popular game in the world, and it's free to play. Now, Apex Legends, look at that. Yeah, exactly. That's It's the new model that they... It's so crazy because everyone's like, oh, loot boxes is the way to maximize your revenue. Then Fortnite's like, oh no, we're going to go free to play. So all those... Different $60 upfront costs you got for your game, we're not going to have those. And we're just going to release a bunch of unique cosmetics every day and build up that as our player base. And we're going to make money hand over fist and just drown you guys. We don't have random loot boxes. We don't cost money up front. We just have unique cosmetics and we're so popular. And they are the most lucrative game in the world. And then EA looked over and the guy that, you know, created Modern Warfare 2 looked over and like, I want to do that. <laughs> and you know what? Don't tell anybody that we're doing that until the day it's released and see what happens. And it blew up like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that's Apex Legends for people who... Apex Legends is created by Respawn, who is owned by EA, in case that's... People haven't drawn the <laughs> Apex Legends EA connection. You'd be surprised, actually, that people aren't don't know that Apex is an EA game. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised too. Like my friends are like, "Come play Apex." I'm like, "I'm not a huge fan of Battle Royale." I'm like, "I thought you weren't a huge fan of EA." They're like, "Well, no." I'm like, "Why are you playing Apex Legends then?" Yeah, because it doesn't. I, I don't believe it starts with EA. It starts like you know how the classic EA yep. Sports. It's in the game, but nope, it doesn't. It, it literally just loads right into Respawn, and I think right into the game after that. Yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. So, and I think that's a direct result of how much goodwill EA lost last summer with the Battlefront things to bring this full circle, um, that it's now 
bad for a game to have an EA logo going up before it <laughs> opens. So bad. That's so bad. Um, okay, I think that we covered this topic. We're at 40 minutes here on the podcast, so... You know, that's a lot to talk about loot boxes, but I did want to get before uh, before you take off, I wanted to talk about the update in the Echo Fox situation. So for any of our listeners who have or who aren't aware of what's happening with Echo Fox, me and Terrell did a full 40 minute breakdown of, I'll, I'll do a summary real quick. Basically, an investor in the parent company of Echo Fox Vision Venture Partners, which was also founded by or by Rick Fox, used racial epithets towards Fox and also Twin Galaxies CEO Jace Hall. And it blew up. It was reported by Richard Lewis at Deserto, and he basically and Fox Rick Fox, uh, the former Los Angeles Laker and actor, basically issued an ultimatum and said he was prepared to leave the company unless the investor was kicked out. And we now know the investor's name is Amit Raizeda. I don't care about pronouncing his name right because he's a scumbag. Um, <laughs> but so we have a quick update on that. That podcast came out about two weeks ago. I think it was late April recorded it. And now the League of Legends North American division the LCS, the League Championship Series. A side note, so hard to describe the different League of Legends leagues because they're oh, League yeah. of Legends leagues and they're the League Championship Series and the <laughs> League Master Series and the League Pro League or the... It's... I struggle so hard differentiating the different League of Legends leagues from around the world see it's it's so it's so annoying there's five it's so so confusing like like they're leagues what else do i call them besides league of legend leagues um league of legends divisions league of legends conferences like uh, pack league of legends i don't know like like the pack 10 they're gonna go off colleges now yeah they're the power okay you can call them the power five but but (laughs) Basically, North America's competitive League of Legends group is the League Championship Series. And that is the series that Echo Fox owns a spot in. And those spots are the most valuable single franchise spots in gaming, in an esports. Well, I guess maybe some of the other league groups, conferences, whatever you want to call them in different countries are, you know, China's is probably just as valuable. Korea's might be. But anyways, the LCS spot, very highly coveted, and Echo Fox owns one. And the LCS commissioner, Chris Greeley, recently came out and said, this has no place in the LCS. Echo Fox has 60 days to remove the investor and handle this internally, or the or the LCS is stepping in. So they've really, they've put a timetable on it, and now something's gonna have to go down so Terrell what, what did you think about this new development is were they harsh enough is 60 days too much time like what I I saw Monte Cristo on Twitter saying that was pretty lenient and I was in Monte Cristo's an overwatch league analysis so he's very critical of riot at times but what, what did you think about the LCS announcement how did it strike you it, like so one of the issues with it is how how are you gonna make him sell it 
like you can threaten it and understandably if they don't do it within 60 days the spot is gone yeah but how can you actually make him sell it so i think of it this way do you remember the whole steve Ballmer incident yeah of course with the clippers yeah like one of the things is they forced him to sell his team you know due to a vote quick quick clarification it wasn't Ballmer's the new owner right it oh, was, not Palmer. Oh, goodness. I feel bad. Um, Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I was like, wait a second. Yeah, because Balmer, I don't oh, want to no, drag Balmer's name. Guy, yeah, he's the $2 billion guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the new Donald owner. Sterling. But yes, Donald Sterling was forced to sell the team after he came after Magic yeah. Johnson and his, yeah, whole bunch of another old, old white racism. It's, you know. Yeah, so, but on top of that, one of the things is they had them vote. Like, all right. Everyone, all the owners had to vote, blah, 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 you know, pretty much, all right, you got to go. I think they should have done that with Echo Fox because it would have went faster. Like, all right, guys, we heard this story. We're looking into it. The internal investigation shouldn't have taken too long, especially as those unholy anti-Semitic texts came out that were just, I, you know, I got nothing for those. But yeah. the minute those came out, it should have been like, all right, you got 30 days. We're voting on it. We say yes. Get him out of here. If not, you lose your spot. Yeah, and the other thing that was kind of lenient about it was they didn't say lose your spot. They said, we'll have to take action. And we can assume that might mean lose your spot, but why not just say that if if that's your plan? Like, be upfront with your language. Like, I think that there might be some legal repercussions that they're like, all right, do this or we lose your spot. You know, something contractually or something like that. That's why I don't think they said it straight up like, you know, you and I want him, want them to say it. Yeah. And it's also not Fox. Like, if it was the actual CEO and the owner of the company, but because it, it was an investor in the company, it's a little more... Like, you could sort of force Sterling to sell because he is the end-all, be-all. But with this, with this partner and this investor, he doesn't own the company. He owns a part of it. So it's sort of... It's, it's a little more complicated in that sense because it's not just like... Oh, Echo Fox is gonna have to get out of here because Rick Fox didn't do anything wrong. Rick Fox was targeted. He's the victim in all this. So he's, yeah, he's still, that's the catch twenty two. Is he's a victim. Say they don't do anything within the time. So say they take sixty one days. Everyone predicts right if they lose their spot, they eventually kick the guy out. Now Rick Fox is hurting. Yeah. So he had to deal with the racism, and he just lost a good, you know, one of the. Hardest spots to get in esports. Yeah, the LCS franchise spots, and we're seeing it right now with the sale of Optic Gaming to Immortals, the reported sale of Optic Gaming to Immortals. Just, you know, Immortals is buying out Optic Gaming for an LCS spot. That's about it. Like, they already have an Overwatch League team. They already have a dominant CSGO team in Made in Brazil. They Immortals just doesn't have an LCS spot, and Optic Gaming does. And so that's... You know, they're about to pay, we'll wait for the actual number to come out, but it's going to be close to $100 million, I think, to buy out Opti Gaming and all the different holdings of Infinite Esports. Yeah, and it's literally, like you said, it's just for that one LCS spot, or, yeah. you know, any League of Legends spot, I think. I understand Dota has the biggest event, CSGO has some of the biggest events ever, stuff like that, but consistently... It's League of Legends. Yeah, viewership, too. You've got the Overwatch yes. League, which costs more money per spot up front, but now 
their Overwatch League is still going to keep expanding a little bit. Not next year. I think they reported it's not going to be next year, but there's still more expansion shot spots coming, and LCS seems like it is set. They have 10 teams and 10 spots, and you want one now. And you will, and they, and the thing is, the fun, the funny thing about that too is, Overwatch League franchises pay more, but League of Legends, if they say, hey, give us $24 million, people will still clamor to get that $24 million, even if they have to withdraw from their 401k. Oh, they totally, yeah, they honestly could just, I mean, Riot would never do this, but next season, they could just be like, hey guys, I'm sorry, but... It's going to be $30 million each to keep your spot. And all the, the organizations be like, well, what the, of course. But they'd pay. Up front, they'll be like, oh, we're angry, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this but, is this is a breach of contract and all that. But they'd end up paying because they don't yeah. want somebody else to because there's other other people would buy it. And that's, it's just crazy. So League, it's weird that all this bad stuff happened and League of Legends can control it easily. Yeah. We're just one, sell your spot. And it's it's good that we have an entity that actually can, as long as they don't abuse their power, like the NBA is so strong that it can force an owner out. And in esports, we didn't used to have that, but now that LCS has grown so much, they really can throw their weight around like that and enact change by saying, nope, you can't be part of this league. And that's you know almost a death sentence for the organization. Yeah. I mean, what else is Echo Fox in? They're, they have Sonic Fox and that's it. And he makes nowhere near... A revenue compared to LCS. Yeah, and he's not gonna. If if they lose the LCS spot, Rick Fox has to leave. Sonic Fox is falling right behind. Like that's the oh, end he, of Echo Fox. Yes, exactly, one hundred percent. Like Fox would be like, all right, Rick Fox is like, I am now, you know, insert animal here, and Sonic or McLean will change whatever animal he wants to be. He wants to still say a fox. He'll be a fox. If they change to the hamsters, he'll become a hamster. Like, he loves that owner so much because he can be loud. He can be opinionated. He can be himself. Yeah. Because they let him. Exactly. And there's a lot of organizations that wouldn't let Sonic Fox be as outspoken as he is. But, yeah. So that's that whole issue. Uh, we're still waiting on really the final piece of this to happen. It's a very developing story, different side saying different things Rizada tried to do a press release where he made himself sound like a good guy didn't go over very well absolute shocker there yeah um, made himself sound like a victim more than anything he did he did and he goes I never threatened family and then Rick Fox immediately responds with him threatening his family so and then and then the other guy released the text messages and yeah the anti-semitic text messages have come out this this investor guy is just Beyond a beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's a horrible human being. Oh yeah, no, totally. Like, and it's not even like, oh well, I quote the old excuse of, well, I slipped or this or that. No, man, you just stupid. Like, yeah, over yeah, and sorry. over and over again, were you stupid? Sorry, my New York came. I know that one. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I don't. I'll have to have you back on when this finally happens. Um, we can react to you know, what actually goes down. And I think we're both hoping candidly that, you know, the racist is out and the very influential ex-athlete and actor who's been an ambassador for esports stays in. I think that's a safe yeah. uh, position to take 
anti-racism, you know, but... Like, especially as he's one of the few minority owners. It's true, good point. And with the other minority owner in Hector Rodriguez at Optic Gaming in flux right now as well, he's the other major minority owner. I'm not sure if there's another one. Um, But yeah, so that's, you know, that's a complicated conversation as well. And we just want Rick Fox in esports. He's been an ambassador for esports. He's brought over a lot of athletes. He's helped explain esports to the traditional sports world. And he's, yep. by all accounts, a generally very good guy. Yeah, and like the athletes, if they see him get shoved out like that, well, what would make them want to come? And I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. That it could seriously hurt esports as a whole. With the there's been a lot of crossover between athletes coming over to esports, and luckily, Rizada is not like an old school esports guy he's just a opportunic investor who saw the opportunity that's in esports but so he's not like some old guard esports guy who's all uppity and has backing by the community i don't i don't know anybody who backs him right now yeah i don't think like nobody he was he you know had a couple of appearances with rick fox and everything was happy and then this blew up and everyone's like well uh bye yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye, good riddance. So hopefully that all gets sorted out. I mean, he's just the worst human being because he's just going to get paid out. He's just going to use this as leverage and force them to pay him out of his spot worth more than it probably already is because otherwise it all blows up. Exactly. And honestly, maybe that's why the LCS didn't have such strong language because they didn't want Rizada to be able to point to that and be like, well, if you don't buy me out, you're getting kicked out. You know, yeah. that maybe that's why they did it. Maybe there's a complicated conversation there that's happening behind the scenes. So. And then, of course, they're like, go ahead, just kick me out. All right, then. Yeah, well, yeah and then he could just take the ship down with him and like, nope, I'm going to stay in yeah. and I'm just going to light all this money on fire. But usually for greedy investors like that, they don't like mon- lighting money on fire, shockingly. Yeah, but sometimes they do like in vengeance, and that's true. the worst of it all. So. It's true. But. All right, well, that's a, that's the situation we're ending up on, and then I guess we'll, if there's an update on this bill that is now in the U.S. Senate, we will also come back on that. Terrell's going to be a more regular guest on this podcast going forward, um, so I'm happy to have him on. Terrell, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate our conversations, appreciate and I'll talk I to you again soon. You and I'll talk to you soon, all right, my man? All right, good speaking to you, man. Good All luck right, uh, dodging that tra- traffic in Michigan, my man. Man, good luck to your Blazers tonight. Oh, don't even... Oh, we can't even start <laughs> with that. This podcast right, is going to go up Friday at noon, and my Blazers are playing Game 2 against the Golden State Warriors tonight on Thursday. And hopefully, oh. I'm celebrating a win tomorrow. But you know, I'm not... I'm just not that uh, optimistic. Well, I'll be. I'll hopefully be waking up and then it makes a one-one for a good series. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. All right. It was good catching up with you. All right. Good talking to you, Terrell. Take it easy. Yeah, later. See you, Again, that's Terrell Skelly. Now going to be a more frequent guest on the Esports Network podcast. Just a fun guy to talk issues with, and I think it's more interesting than me just rambling on about loot boxes. So hopefully you enjoy his remarks and what he adds to the conversation. Coming up in the future, I actually don't have a ton of interviews on the books right now. We still have the 
Architecture Studio with Team Vitality uh, coming up next week. It's back on the schedule for the 23rd. We're recording that interview, so oh, when's that? That's next Thursday, so that'll go up f- next Friday at noon, and then I'm going to have to maybe bring Terrell back for another esports issue or... See if uh, see if there's another interview I can schedule for earlier in the week. Hoping to bring an esports competitor on. Something this podcast still hasn't done is talk to somebody who's actually currently competing in esports. Um, the PR teams for them are pretty hard to get through, which is kind of surprising. But I'll try and cut through that, use some of my connections, maybe call it a favor, and get an interesting esports competitor who's working on something i'm hoping maybe somebody qualified for the fortnite world cup because there is just a ton of interesting things happening in fortnite esports a lot of them bad and it'd be great to talk to somebody who's dealing with this constant flux that fortnite is that epic games has placed fortnite esports in and then somebody who has to actually navigate constantly changing while preparing for a 30 million dollar tournament at the end of july so that's something I'm working on, but still haven't been able to put something on the books. But thanks you for listening to this Esports Network podcast. This was our longest episode so far, and if you listened all the way to here, I really appreciate y'all listening. Drop me a rating, a subscribe. Tell your friends if you enjoyed this podcast. Again, we're we're building the audience. The download numbers are going up. The streaming numbers are going up with each episode. And I appreciate every single person who took the time to listen, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks.